0: You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody, we've made it. This is episode 100 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here with my co hosts, Lee Fields and Jay Desai. Boys, happy 100.
1: Yay. Hundo. Insert clap track. Pretty crazy. Y'all, I will say, have you guys noticed that the ratings have gone up since I've been on?
0: <laughs> yeah, we've gotten three comments instead
1: of one. <laughs> yeah, all negative. That's great. All negative. All, all senior pastors praying for me. Um, congratulations, you two, on a hundred. That is amazing. And now me. Congratulations to me as well. Yeah, but you two have been on all hundred or most hundreds.
2: Most. Yeah, probably ninety-three of them. Maybe. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's amazing. Lot. Jeff's been yeah. on most of them.
1: He's he's at least edited most of them, <laughs> yeah. So
2: we had to do something special for a hundred, yeah. So and you guys you guys are in for a treat. I'm <laughs> just saying. Jay pulled out the rolodex, and you know what's funny? Like we we've been talking for a couple of weeks. Like who are we going to get for episode 100? And getting a celebrity or somebody like super famous would have been cool. Like we actually tried and it didn't work out, but I think who we got and it's in the description. So people know who we're talking about already. If you think about how many people are not like Shane, there's not many.
1: Right. He's a a pretty uh, small sliver of mankind.
2: Yeah. It's a
0: niche of a niche of a niche. You can't just go and, sign up at the
2: employment office to
0: do what he does. Right. (laughs) That's wild.
2: If you look at the list of, um, space flight records, he's got to be on there. Right.
1: Are we going to nerd out? Can we, are we all going to be able to keep our cool?
0: No, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you just Wikipedia space flight records and then search his name, Shane, he's all over it. There's all kinds
1: of (laughs) records.
2: Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. What have you been up to?
2: Um, well, I moved into a new office. That's what I've been doing.
1: It looks like a prison cell.
2: Yeah, it's 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 not prison. It's actually kind of nice. So our office here in California for MXU is officially closed, and a new chapter has begun. That's right. We have relocated officially.
0: As of this week, our office is now occupied in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yep. Spencer, our CEO, moved. He actually drove across the country this past weekend to get to the office by today or February 1st, I guess yesterday. Yep. And his family's joining him. And he's the first of our crew to be moving. But everybody else is following closely behind. So Except me. I'm I'm not Except Lee and me. Yeah. Yeah. So the (laughs) the founders are staying put, but all of our all of our support guys and you know, guys who build everything are yeah. going to be together in one place, which is awesome. Yeah, Jeff, so we've you're going to
1: – this is not a name drop text, but it did just happen. Matt Marr just texted, and he said, okay, this LV1 from Waves, my goodness. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Reading Sweetwater Catalog? What's going on here?
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. He's, he's, a gear, he's a gear nerd. He is a gear nerd. That was one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah. So tell him if he needs
0: help setting his up. I'll be glad to come out and –
2: Help a brother out. Yeah, so we got big plans for the space in Knoxville, which we'll tell you more about later as they're coming. But it is a space that hopefully you will be able to go and partake. Not hopefully. You will be able to. Hey, see, the great thing about Knoxville is it is more centrally located than all the other cities in the South that people are moving to. Not Atlanta. I think it's more centrally located than Atlanta.
1: What's north of Knoxville?
2: Lexington, Cincinnati.
1: Nobody wants to go there. Right.
2: So <laughs> a lot of people live there, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's north you know what's north of Atlanta? Knoxville.
2: Yep. It's it's a triangle between Charlotte, Nashville, and Atlanta.
1: It really is. Now, if we could just get this train system, this fast light rail going, I'd come up and eat dinner with Spencer.
2: Three hours from Birmingham, Nashville, Lexington, Louisville. Charlotte, Atlanta, Greenville, less than three hours from Greenville. Yep.
1: Really less. Yeah. Two hours. A little less. Yeah. Two and a half. Um, Today is day two of our journey. It is. It is. I didn't realize how much 40 ounces of water was. I know how much 40 ounces of beer is, but I don't know (laughs) how much 40 ounces of water (laughs) is.
2: What's funny, like, Jeff, you said this to me yesterday, and then Marcus said the same thing, like, The hardest part for some people. Yeah, I got several messages from people who said yesterday
0: on the first, they said, I haven't drunk this much water intentionally in years. Like, it's crazy that people just don't regularly drink water. They've got maybe iced tea or sodas or, you know, whatever other drinks they drink, but just to focus on consuming enough water is a huge deal for a lot of people. So, you know, it's funny. We thought, okay, we're starting super easy. It's like drink some water and go for a walk. But for some guys, that's a lot. So yeah. we're just thrilled that so many people, so we are at basically 1,400 people have signed up to be a part of this 75 days. And so I cannot wait to hear the stories coming out of this. Like Easter is going to be just awesome for people to just tell us how they did. Cause I, it, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to be tough at the end, but man, the benefit is going to be huge.
2: Jeff, you did the 100 rep challenge, the uh, the level up option. I have, Yeah. How was that? I am really, really sore.
0: <laughs> Are so you? I wanted to start, because the exercises start on Monday, Yeah, I wanted to go ahead and start on the 31st, and so I've done Monday, Tuesday, and today, but I'm not able to do like for example, yesterday was push-ups. Yeah. Well, I can't I can't do a hundred unbroken push-ups. Yeah. So I had to break it up throughout the day. So I was doing I was doing push-ups here and there kind of all day till I got to a hundred. Cause I, you know, I No, I couldn't do hundred. once you get to a failure point with push-ups, you're done. So it's like you gotta rest and come back to it. So that's one thing for people. If you if you want to do that, you know, the, in the dropbox folder, there's all the graphics to kind of post about your progress. But then there's also two other PDFs. One is the uh, level up fitness challenge, which is a hundred reps of a different exercise every day. You rest on Sunday, but like every Monday you do squats, every Tuesday you do push-ups, and so on. So if you can't do a hundred, that's okay. Break it up. Or one thing was that I thought of today was, Hey, start with 50 and do that throughout the day. And then next week, do 55 next week, do 60 and so on. So that by the end in 10 weeks or so, you're doing 100, but it's like the habit stacking that we're doing with everything else. You can stack your fitness level on the exercises.
1: Can you so. give um, Liz and Stella your Instagram login so they could post you doing some of these?
0: Uh, I just want raw, really raw capture. Just raw video. <laughs> Handshake. No, you you, s-
1: your hand's shaking.
0: <laughs> you don't want to see that. I was shaking. I mean, my legs are just burning right now. So,
1: well, I went for a walk on the beach yesterday and yeah. for 30 minutes and not 15. It was glorious. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll get to the pavement tomorrow when I'm back in Atlanta.
2: You know what, like my highlight has been so far? There's this guy on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have seen him. His name is Peter Wright. He actually lives okay. in the Sacramento area. And he his Instagram name, y'all need to go follow him, is sweetpete.w. He has okay. a giant beard, giant beard. Like he's, as long as yours used to be, Jay. Dang. He has been posting the most encouraging, uplifting uh rants, statements about the MXU 75 and getting healthy. Yesterday, first day, he's walking across the Golden Gate Bridge and he's got his phone and he's videoing himself, and he's like, Isn't this crazy? And there's cars just whizzing by him everywhere. And he's like, It's just madness and so chaotic. And he goes, But sometimes if you can just change your perspective. And then it, the video clip switched to him up on the hill with the backdrop of the Golden Gate and San Francisco behind oh, him. Oh, that's amazing. He goes, it, it makes all the difference. Just a simple change of perspective. And I'm like,
1: oh, man, I'm out of cry. All right. I know.
2: Fo- I am now following him. He's
0: the, so just shout out to Sweet Pete. He is the production program director at Sun Grove Church in Elk Grove, California. So for all of you guys on the team at Sun Grove, that are joining in with Sweet Pete on this challenge. Shout out to you guys. It is awesome to have you. Thanks so much. I feel like he's our mascot for MXU 75 And his beard rivals, or actually his beard exceeds our friend, the bearded wonder, Mr. Clay Casey himself. So, Beard, if you're listening by chance, get your out and start walking. <laughs> Got to keep up with Sweet
1: Pete. Did you just cuss on the podcast?
0: No, I'm going to bleep it.
1: <laughs> um, I uh, got a video of Clay doing karaoke yesterday. So I think he's doing just fine.
2: He's doing great. I saw him at Passion. He's the best, one of my favorite humans
0: on the planet.
1: Doesn't get any better than Clay Casey. Um,
2: we do have another big announcement. So, uh, one thing yeah. that we wanted to say for the 100th episode is our plans for the podcast. That's a big deal. It is a, it's a big deal. Drum roll. First of
0: all, just to reassure everybody, this podcast is not changing. Very much right.
2: No, this podcast isn't changing at all. Um, but we are adding new podcasts and we are now creating a network of podcasts. So, over the next month or so, you'll see that these are going to come out. We'll be promoting them. But the MXU podcast will now be joined by three additional podcasts we will have the MXU audio podcast the MXU video podcast and the MXU lighting podcast. And the big reason for this is on this podcast, if the three of us want to start talking about Dante audio networking and configuring network switches, well, some of you audio and lighting folks would be very bored by that and vice versa. Like we've had people on the podcast, like Daniel Connell has been on here a bunch. And when we're talking about lighting with him, he has to keep it pretty high level so that we can understand it. Now, the three of us know enough about lighting to be dangerous, but we don't know color theory. We don't know the really in-depth details of lighting like Daniel does. And the same thing about video: Zach Kimry, Rusty Anderson, and Jeremy Bagwell could talk circles around us when it comes to video engineering, directing cameras. So. The goal of creating these new podcasts is that the MXU audio, video, and lighting podcast will all provide a great resource to go into super, super deep topics in those
0: disciplines. Yeah. It's a way for everybody to get really granular and really nerd out. And everybody who's into that is going to love it. People who are not in that discipline don't really need to pay attention. So it's going to be awesome.
2: Right, so the first episode, just to give you a sneak peek, um, Rusty and Jeremy drove up to Elevation and sat down with Zach and recorded two separate episodes about really in-depth stuff with Elevation's video system that a lot of people probably want to know about. Um, Daniel's been recording some lighting stuff um, that you're going to love, and Jeff and I are both tackling the audio podcast. We're kind of, we're teaming up on that. I recorded one with uh, my friend, Tiago De Erico. He's a Brazilian mix engineer. He's mixed for all kinds of huge pop stars in Brazil and Europe, but this guy loves him some outboard gear. So we took an hour and talked about the differences between different 1176 uh, models and plugins and how they compare. And, you know, we, we go there, we go there really in the weeds. Yeah, and I'm going to be recording this week
0: with a buddy of ours who is an expert in RF. And so we're going to dig deep into RF deployment and RF requirements and changes and hardware and all the things about RF. So that may actually be a multi episode venture because there's just so many aspects of RF that we need to understand. So we're excited. It's going to be a way for us to, again, just dig in, get super granular and, um, rely on our other subject matter experts to have their own special guests and their own experts to really
2: nerd out so we hope you really enjoy it yeah pretty excited about that jay you're in mexico right now
1: i am speaking of rf had quite a time with the old wireless workbench down here yeah it's a lot of rogue tv stations <laughs>
3: In Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing
0: like the pastor getting up to do a keynote speech and have mariachi music cutting in and out.
1: I've scanned a few times. I mean, I'm by the coast, so it's not crazy, but there are some definitely unregistered waves floating around. That is hilarious. It's probably the
2: cartel. It's their own.
1: It's their own. We flew, I flew down here with Axiom because it wasn't a ton down here.
2: How'd you fly with it?
1: It's racked up. Racked up in some.
2: Just checked yeah. it, Delta.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Being a diamond that's, medallion, you know, has its perks.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Flew LV one and uh, some Axiom. Yeah, that's fun. awesome. Yeah, um, I am, and it's absolutely beautiful down here. Uh, helping an organization raise some money and uh, in a beautiful place. I feel, I feel spoiled. You've been taking a little break on social media. How's that been going? Honestly, it's been awesome, but I kind of wanted to get on for the 75 day challenge, which I still may do because unlike Sweet Pete where we would have thoughtful things, mine would just be me trying to work out and it would be more hilarious. Yeah. Um
2: I think that I think you must do that.
0: Yeah,
1: but I will. Sometime in February I'm gonna pop back on.
2: I like that you didn't do the big announcement post that we see all these I don't know. I feel like it's always 22 year old girls that are posting this. Not that I follow a bunch of 22 year old girls. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um they're like um I just need a break from social media, so I'll be seeing you guys later. This has not been good for me. <laughs> you didn't do that.
1: I posted something when I was exiting, but it, it just said, hey, I'm taking a quick break, and I think I told people to pray for me. I think it was the opposite, which a couple people thought I was like, "Like, like are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just fine. I'm just annoyed with most of you. <laughs> um, I wanted to end, honestly, the reason I did it, I wanted to end 2021 and start 2022 with my own thoughts not anyone else's thoughts. Oh. And for me, social media sometimes, well not sometimes all the time creeps in thoughts that are not my own, where it's either envy, jealousy or like ideas that aren't my like you know, I wanted to read my own scripture. I didn't want to read it off someone else's post. I wanted to be intentional about what my intake was. And so I ended 20, uh, which, it, you know, most people say you're crazy because it's like I was I was in Vegas and then I was at Passion and now I'm in Cabo and now we're doing a 75 challenge. I miss some great opportunities to post things, but I think everyone's fine if I don't post. Was totally. the other realization I needed to have? Now, your lives are way more boring. I know that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so I, I feel at a great place to come back. I'll just do, I'll wake up one day. Um, I will probably log into the MXU one before my personal one.
2: I know I feel bad. I keep sending you all these Facebook links to this group <laughs> that uh, we're trying to get deals on these really nice cowboy boots. And I keep sending them this like, are you they just posted them, go buy them. And he's like, I'm off social media. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Can you just buy them and send them to me? God, I can. I on. guess I can. <laughs> yeah. I show up to the house and there's ten ten pairs of shoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. I love that word, Jay though, that you're not letting somebody else determine the voices and the conversation that you're having it's that's such a powerful thing it's like you're owning your own communication with yourself with the lord with other people and man we all need to turn down that noise i think so that's good
1: i um i appreciate that i have this weird i love to help people i want, always want to help people i sometimes insert myself in situations where i know i can help people but the only way i can do that is if my head's clear So, i try just trying to. I told myself in 2022 I'd take more breaks, whether it's social or just for a couple days or, you know, all that stuff. So, I think it's important. That's good. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we should just go ahead and get to our interview. All right. Let's
1: let's dial it in. Fly me to the
0: moon. Well, we are thrilled today to be joined by Shane Kimbrough. And we're just going to jump right in because. This is an experience that not many of our listeners have had. Uh, We get to hear from somebody who's done things that none of us will ever get to do. So I'm excited because I personally, I don't know about you guys, but I've never been to outer space. And so uh, to hear from Shane as the, I don't even know what your formal title is, but basically the captain, the leader, the quarterback, the head honcho of several missions in space to the international space station and others so we're so thrilled to have you here today shane thanks so much for giving us your
3: time thanks jeff it's great to be with you looking forward to chatting it's gonna be fun what is your title shane officially um well, yeah i guess it depends on the mission but commander is probably the uh, i was the commander of the dragon spacecraft this time um and so the my previous flight i was the commander of the international space station so that seems to be a theme it's commander i guess
1: Oh, that's great. Can I go with Commander from now on, Jeff Lee?
2: <laughs> I I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not so sure about
1: that. <laughs> I think it suits me better. Yeah. Right now, I'm the master of ceremonies, which suits me right. too.
3: That's good. Perfect.
2: <laughs> so Elon's not actually in charge of the dragon. It's it's Shane. That's what he's <laughs> well, basically saying.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know about that. So The, space, the SpaceX <laughs> control team certainly is running the show and... Uh, We were there to provide human interface if needed.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so I was was thinking lately about buying a Tesla. So does that mean if I get one, I could get you to pilot it for me and we can just take (laughs) off to space?
3: That would be really nice if that was the case. Yeah. Um, I'd
2: be all in for that.
3: It, it's that just a quick
1: a- software upgrade
2: on that thing.
3: <laughs> that's right, software upgrade. Yeah, it's just
1: a license key. You just add that on.
3: Perfect. <laughs> um,
1: Shane, for th- for those that are listening, Shane is a dear friend of a lot of our dear friends on this podcast. Matt Walden, and that's how I got to know Shane many many years ago. Matt is awesome. For those of you who don't know him, quick shout out to Mr. Walden. Yeah, and hey his, Matt, and his barbecue. That's right um shane so you just got back a little bit ago
3: yeah we got back in early november um we're up there on this mission 200 days so it's quite a long wow. trip and uh obviously some incredible things happened incredible relationships were built uh, with crewmates that uh, i hadn't really known before believe it or not and so those are really the highlights of course we got to do some cool things with science and spacewalking and things like that but uh to me the things that stand out of course are the views of the earth and then the people that I got to be with
0: that's amazing so as a as a leader of a crew like that you know you're you're responsible for guiding and sort of coaching people who are the best of the best at what they do i mean you've got elite folks on your ship who are you know it's not like you can just go sign up and <laughs> i want to be an astronaut and you sure. get accepted so Talk for a minute about just leading a team like that because we have a lot of people listening who lead teams. Uh, but when you're dealing with such a level of excellence and expertise and precision, how does that inform your leadership in terms of communication and expectation and you know how you're leaning on them for kind of thriving in what they do? But you're still kind of the guy in charge. So yeah. talk for a few minutes about just an excellent team and what it takes to lead in that way.
3: Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. Um, certainly honored to be hanging around and and my colleagues are so well accomplished um, like you're alluding to Um, and leading a team like that is very humbling for one uh, but it's important Uh, we need to have a command structure in our situation um, especially when things aren't going well that's when you really need that Um, and so that's that's where it comes into play most of the time so throughout all of our training which you know our training most of the time is hey these bad things are happening and and, and hopefully, you know, we're going to train for the worst and, and never see any of that stuff. And, and in general, that applies. Uh, but out of our training is where that really plays out. And, and all our roles and responsibilities are very clear. Um, and we'll do it say we'll do an event and it won't go maybe as well as we plan. And so we'll adjust and say, hey, hey, you know, it didn't make sense for me to do this. they in that scenario. Why don't you take over the lead for this part? You know, and so we just have to adjust. Um, it's not like a military structure. Um where uh like i came from the military so in the military like the leader says something then you do it like but this is not that way so you know we've had to adapt i would say the military folks have to adapt our skills a little bit our skill set to uh to be in a more um inclusive you know group and in a group of four in general was was my dragon crew so that's a pretty small group honestly and everybody's super high achieving so uh, we, we do exercises, honestly, beforehand, we go to survival schools. We, we put ourselves in really extreme situations so that you can kind of know who to count on in certain situations and, and what strengths people have and what weaknesses they have. And we all have them. So none of us are perfect. And, uh, our crew was really great about being upfront. Uh, I would say is the right word on uh, like, Hey, I'm not good at this. So can you watch me do this activity? Um, or Hey, this isn't my strong suit. I'm not really excited about this. So I need some help. Um, and so, you know, I would encourage you all to, to, to kind of be humble and that's it, you know, situations like that and, and not think you know it all and not think you can do it by yourself all the time, but really ask for the help of your crewmates. And that's, that's one of the leadership styles I employed on this mission. And it really turned out well. Um, and that we were, you know, if something went down, I was going to be the one leading the, the fight, leading the charge to fix that situation. But in general, um, we were all there together. They would, you know, the crew would typically run things by me if it was had to do with the our spacecraft but other than that um, I tried to stay out of their way and let them uh, perform at their highest level.
0: That's such a great point though being vulnerable vulnerable about your weaknesses rather than yep. waiting for them to be exposed in a moment of crisis because yep. then everybody's just reacting rather than preparing for it on the front end. I mean yep. that that right there could take people's teams to the next level if they would just do that. That's awesome. Yeah,
3: I hope so. And we have to I have to think about it from a uh, from a, hey, it's in the middle of the night, the worst emergency situation happens, um, is my team going to be ready, right? So we're kind of in that mindset. And so when we're having long days, um, and you guys, I know your teams have super long days, but I've got to keep the pulse on our team to make sure that we have some reserve left so that we can respond in the middle of the night to that emergency, right? So um, that's just another level that we have to think about. But you may apply that to your situations as well, right? Because you guys go so long and crazy hours and And but you got to be able to peak, you know, at at showtime, right? (laughs) Or whatever the event is you're doing. So I'll just keep that in mind as well.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because Shane, I don't know if you know this, but a catastrophe on the International Space Station or the SpaceX Dragon is about the equivalent of your pastor's <laughs> microphone not working.
3: <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. You guys are in the same boat. So, uh, You know, yeah. the hardest thing you've ever
2: experienced is the hardest thing you've ever experienced, no matter if that's in outer space <laughs> or in a church of 200. Oh, man, that's,
3: that's so good. That is so truthful, too. Um, it, kind of going back on a point I just made about... Um, you know, not having reserve and things. And we would be upfront in it like, Hey, I didn't sleep well last night, so I need you to carefully watch me today. Uh, We're at that level. And not all crews are like that, but boy, I had such a good crew that, um, because, you know, we, we got to perform all day. Mission control expects, you know, certain things out of us. And of course, uh, if something bad does happen, then we got to be able to be on our toes and be able to respond. So yeah, if we didn't get a good night's sleep or there's something going on at home that uh, is affecting the way I'm thinking, we would make sure the other crew members knew that just to kind of keep an eye out on us that day.
2: That's amazing. And I would imagine the level of humility that that takes is pretty astonishing because doing what you do, I would also imagine that's very competitive and being selected to do that. So then to come forward and say, Hey, I have a weakness. I'm not at my best right now, or I'm not that good at this. I would imagine there's a, a part of that that's, a little bit of a fear of even being removed from the program if that if that's too much so yeah that's pretty amazing
3: yeah that's fair and it's you know a lot of it comes through our training honestly and it's and i think you guys are i think it's kind of an unwritten thing that hey a lot of the people that get selected to be astronauts may not be the humble type right they're all uh you know <laughs> all about themselves they're all and they, they've been you know single jet fighter pilots their whole life and now they got to come be part of it. It Takes team, a certain right? level so, of
0: ego to get to that point. Well,
3: yeah. yeah, but you know, and that that's evolved over the years. I mean, when I showed up 20 years ago, it was the majority of folks were kind of uh, in that category. Now it's really evolved because the mission has changed. Right back then, we were flying space shuttles. It was really short missions, two week missions at a time. Uh, but now it's all long duration. So you're six months plus up there. It's kind of a different person we're looking for, and you got to be definitely more of a team player. Um, uh, even though we need to have, you know, the other, some of those other skills as well to be able to lead in, in emergency situations.
2: And Shane, I also know you were part of the Soyuz program that we teamed up with Russia. So with what you're talking about, about the team, the camaraderie, um, how was that dealing with a, a different country, the language barrier, and just a different way of doing, going to space?
3: Yeah, it was quite a, um, and looking back on it, it was such a thrill to kind of go through that whole process to train with the Russians for about two and a half years and then fly a six month mission, um, launch out of Kazakhstan, you know, these sort of remote place where they, where they launch their vehicles out of and return to Kazakhstan as well was, was pretty fantastic. I mean, when I look back on it, the language barrier was that I had to speak Russian. I mean, that was the bottom line. (coughs) Excuse me. We had, um. My crew, there were three people that fit in the Soyuz vehicle, so there were two Russians and myself. So it was all Russian. Um, whether we were just talking about, you know, what, what the weather was like, or we were, whether we were talking, you know, technical vehicle Russian, um, which is a whole other language. But uh, I got got pretty strong at it, which was good. I only have incredible teachers here in the U.S. <clears throat> excuse me, and in Russia to get us up to speed on, on the technical, really the technical part of the Russian language and all the acronyms like the NASA speak, but actually doing it in Russian. So that's a whole nother world, but it was really fun learning. it. Um, very challenging language, you know, different alphabet, different culture. Um, but to me, that was part of the fascinating part of, of being in this crazy system where I'm, I'm literally going to train the training center over there is on this former Soviet military base. Right. And I'm a, former military officer. I'm like, this is the craziest thing <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on. Right. So it was, it was really cool to, and, and gosh, some of my best friends and best people I've ever met are Russian. Um, some of my trainers and, and my crewmates, um, they're just, they're so genuine and you know, they're, they're just like us. They're, they're operators and they're people. Um, of course the politics get a little muddy sometimes, but, uh, at our level, especially right now, yeah. Right. <laughs> for example. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, at our level, it's, um, we're, we're colleagues, we're friends and it's, it's a real That's thrill. Amazing. So hopefully that answered your question.
0: Yeah. So for any of our guys who are complaining about having to learn a new console, <laughs> for example, just try doing it in Russian and just calm down because you've got nothing <laughs> over these guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, Everyone knows I like watches. Lee likes watches. Jeff likes watches. Uh, so, you showed me a watch a while back. Your, your work watch is an Omega Speedmaster, right? Correct. Yeah. But you showed me a watch um, that was made from part of one of your missions. And yeah. what watch was that?
3: Yeah, that's a uh, not that I'm promoting it, but I'm just telling you what the company's name is. But the company's name is Hill uh, Werenbach, um, a, Swiss, a Swiss company. And what they do is they send people literally out in the, the steps of Kazakhstan. And after a launch happens, you know, different stages fall off of the vehicle as it's, as it's going into orbit. And and this team from this company goes out and picks up pieces of the metal and they literally make the watch faces out of parts of that spacecraft. So uh, I have, I have a couple that are made out of mine and um,
2: oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, that's amazing. Yeah. And you have to, Jay, you have to explain the link with the Speedmaster to astronauts.
3: Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know the history. Jay may know the history better than I do. But uh, we've, gosh, we've been wearing Omegas for as, as long as I can remember in the program, um, and it's it's only it went here. to
1: the moon. That was the big right. selling
3: yeah. part. So, is that
1: it, it went to the moon for the first gotcha. time? But it's the official watch, like issued military style, like issued watch to astronauts
3: yeah and so we get it issued when we're training for a flight so we have it to train with and so you know how to operate it once you get into space and then you'll get a flight watch um, for the actual flights Uh, of course we don't get to keep any of them it's all you know we turn it back in so that our colleagues get the the benefit of having them as well so uh, but yeah it's they're they're very nice obviously and uh, i'm not sure we could afford them but uh,
2: (laughs) yeah they're pretty sweet that's amazing but it's cool no i mean talking about gear it's super old technology and we're talking like 17 1800s and it's it's a perpetual machine that no matter what happens up there you can always count on that watch and you could be up there a year and it's only going to be a second or two off right. from what it was, it was you know, before it's pretty, pretty amazing
3: right yeah And the different yeah. time zones and things that we're dealing with like on the space station if you, if you didn't know we're on Greenwich mean time and so that's how we operate and uh and then you know Houston where our families are typically 5 or five hours behind that depending on the time of year right so that watch can definitely handle a bunch of different time zones and that helps us out keep track of our our people on the ground so
0: what does that what does that look like when you're up there for 200 days what is communication with home and you mentioned the stress of stuff going on at home like how obviously anybody who's been on a tour knows what that feels like when you're in phoenix on a show and your family's in pennsylvania and you can't do anything when the kids get sick right like what does that look like in terms of just the reality of communication even from home yeah
3: a great question and i think a lot of similarities like you were talking about there with what you guys do and what what we do in that regard because you're you feel helpless a lot of times if something's going wrong right the kids are sick or or somebody has to go to the hospital and or if you just want to call home but the time difference is is not matching up because it's in the middle of the night for whoever right and and so uh, we, we have to manage up for we have great capability, um, really the bottom line with your question up on the space station, we can call. Uh, we have a phone system up there that you can call anybody anytime. So uh, I talk to my wife every day, um, which is really fantastic. And then once a week, we get a video chat. Um, usually on Sunday afternoons, we'll be able to video chat with our family. Um, and, and in our case, we had we have three kids and they were all in different um, either colleges or different cities. But on Sunday, I could pull up my screen and they're all there. So NASA tied them all in um, to kind of – so, so and re- it gave Robbie, my wife, a chance to see the kids too, right? So it's so funny. Sometimes we'd be talking and all of a sudden the, the conversations would be, you know, Robbie talking to the kids about stuff. And I'd just be like, hey, I'm, I'm like floating here, like upside down. <laughs> this, does not mean anything? I mean, come on. But it's kind of funny just to kind of watch watch that dynamic, but. Really a great uh, capability to uh, to have, to stay in touch and, and stay connected as much as we can.
0: Yeah, no no worries about me. I'm just 100,000 miles away, guys. <laughs> <floating>. No problem. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know you're a Braves fan. And last time we saw you um, at church, uh, when you were in space, you were, had a Braves uh, jersey floating around. Were you in space when the Braves won or were you home?
3: I was. No, it was the last week I was on board was when they uh, won the World Series. So that was pretty fantastic to be able to watch that final game. I think it ended about 3.30 in the morning my time, but I stayed up and watched it. (laughs) uh, I told my crewmates the next morning, hey, I'm going to be tired today.
0: (laughs) I didn't sleep very well last night, but I had good reason.
1: Uh, We won't keep you too long, but one journey that we're on right now as a community of people is health. Uh, We've talked a lot about mental health and uh, vacationing and all of that stuff here recently, but we're attempting to go into the uh, space of creating healthy habits with a lot of our people who work crazy hours, have a lot of stress, a lot of mental health stuff. And what are some um, you being a military guy and an astronaut? What are some practical things that you do that help you keep your healthy habits?
3: Yeah, well, it's 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 super important as you guys all know. Um, it's harder to implement right than than to just say yeah, it's important. Uh, but I I really um, personally I take time to exercise. That's my big thing is I've got to get out, uh, just get outside, whether it's a walk or a run um, during one of these crazy weeks um, like you guys have all the time. I know just to, and that kind of rejuvenates my batteries. It, it uh, gives me time to just um, reflect as well. Um, even if I'm running, I'm thinking about things, I'm reflecting, uh, I'm just kind of getting away from work and just thinking more about life. Um, and, and get that balance. Uh, balance is key for all of us. Um, and it's super hard to implement, as you know. But, uh, you know, work-life balance is super challenging to do in high-performing jobs like you guys have. So I would encourage you to, uh, when you when you have a chance to take breaks, to take breaks. Um, and yeah, maybe before you're going into a big tour season or something, you have, you know, a week or three or four days to just take vacation. And because you really need that, Um and I'm in a season now. Um, believe it or not, when you get back after a six-month m- six mission, we're literally—I've been told what to do like every five minutes of my day for the last 200 days, right? So, I get home, and we get home, and it's this weird thing happens where, like, like I don't want to go to work. I don't want to see NASA. I don't want to—you know—be any part of that for a while. I've got to step away. And so, NASA, luckily, has learned this lesson o- over time that we need. Um, so we get about six months to to not have to i would say work so you don't we don't have any responsibilities at work i don't have to show up at work um it gives us that time to reconnect with our family with our friends to just step away for a bit um and it's you know when i flew on my first long duration mission i didn't understand like why are these people getting so much time off this is ridiculous but once i got back in my your brain it just needs it um and so i'm kind of in the middle of that now on this flight and i'm just i'm super happy i'm um you know definitely refreshed uh, already and i'm not going to go back early that's a that's a uh, kind of a fault a lot of my colleagues have is they like all right after three or four months i'm ready to go back to work i'm like do not do it like you'll never get this time back right so um if you guys have the chance to uh, you won't get six months off unfortunately and it's not off um but it's you know just a time where again we don't have any responsibilities or have a real job to to answer to every day so it's it's very important nasa's uh, obviously saw how important this was um over time because um, we were having um, people struggling with mental health issues as well and and this is one way they they found that uh, really helps out and it, it gives us you know we're going to come back much stronger we're gonna come back ready to go be a better you know contributor to our team once we're we're refreshed and back back in the game so um you guys could probably do that on a smaller scale but i, I encourage you somehow to build that in you know, post a really long tour or even, um, prior to one of those so that you can be ready to go.
1: How did, um, how do you guys work out in space?
3: Yeah, working out is very important up there. Um, space in general just tears your bones apart. So if you don't do anything, your bones just deteriorate. So that's not good, obviously. And we've learned that lesson the hard way over the years, uh, when our astronauts in the early expeditions would come back and, you know, break bones and couldn't walk and things. And, And so we figured out if you work out about two hours a day in space, then you're going to come back with very minimal, if any, bone loss. And so that means um, loading your system. So we have a couple ways to do that with uh, aerobics. We have a treadmill and we have a stationary bike that none of those are stationary. They're all floating. Um, but, uh, it's a similar to being on a bike in a gym or on a treadmill. Um,
0: <laughs> that would be amazing.
3: So, um, but that, those are great workouts and those, um, you can think about the treadmill. You can't just run on a treadmill there. You got to actually put a harness on and strap yourself down to it. Um, and then by doing that, it loads up your big pelvic muscles. Um, and that's where a lot of the bone loss was happening without working out. So by loading those up and holding you down while you're running, that keeps those muscles and bones kind of energized so that you don't have any loss there. So that's good. Um, and then we have a workout machine. that's it's a big resistant machine. It's absolutely fantastic. It's, you can do squats, bench press, shoulders, anything you can do in a gym. You can pretty much do on this one machine up to about 600 pound load, which none of us can, can do that much. So it's a really capable machine and you're on that for about an hour a day. And that's really focusing mainly on squats and deadlifts. Um, again, the big muscle groups, um, chest, shoulders, and all that so that uh, you, you don't have bone loss. So we're really lucky to have those things up on the space station. And as we're getting ready to think about going to the moon and Mars, eventually uh, we don't have that capability in the small spacecraft that's going to go to have all these big machines. And so we got to think differently and, and the, the engineers are already designing smaller, tiny things to keep us you know, in shape uh, on the way on those trips. And then while we're there. Like the shake weight. The shake weight would do great. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um,
1: That's amazing. Yeah. uh, This is is such a weird question. I was just thinking, like, what? And you answer how you feel comfortable. What does praying in space feel like? Because here on Earth, I, you know, we've all been taught to like that God's up there. You look up there, like, but then you're up there,
3: so (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that's a great, that's a good question. I haven't never had that asked before, but it's, it's pretty amazing. I was, I was super fortunate uh, when we were up there this time, I, my bedroom was in the dragon, the spacecraft that we flew up in because there weren't enough sleep stations on the space station. So, um, for me, that was, it was really kind of a, a private oasis away from everybody else. For one, that was amazing for me. Uh, for two, it had two incredible windows that looked out, um, forward on the space station so I was at the very front of the space station um, with with two window views you know as we flew around the earth I was I was kind of at the the tip of the spear there and then being able to pray in that environment I mean it was just I mean it was literally like I am in the heavens and as we would fly through an aurora or just something ridiculous you know crazy thunderstorms around everywhere I'm just you know this the the, the praise was certainly uh, at a high level um, and the respect for, for having that, you know, it's not even God's view, but but more than you have like you were leading to on earth, it's pretty special.
0: Well, I, I would have never thought of this until you just told that story, but it's like scripture, like the heavens declare the glory of God has, I mean, nobody's ever experienced that verse of scripture <laughs> in the same way as somebody like you, who's actually seen the heavens themselves declaring God's glory, like yeah. literally out your window. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's got to be all time. Yeah,
3: it's it's so Man. special and and you know I'm not sure how anybody can go up there and see that and not believe in God, but uh unfortunately most of my colleagues do not or um don't profess it at least so it's it's uh I had some good opportunities this time the Lord opened up several doors uh to share things with them and so that was pretty neat and a, a huge highlight of the mission. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you for your time, Shane. We appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah. It's great chatting with you guys. Yeah, it's been fun.
2: Yeah, this has been definitely a highlight. Thanks. I got to tell
0: you, though, the first time I saw you was um, at Passion the first year we were in the Dome, and we were trying to connect (laughs) live to the space station. And so there was a communication problem. So we were on the phone with NASA, and all of our comm headsets were trying to talk to each other to figure out what was going on so that we could get connected. And I've got to tell you, everybody on the crew... The highlight of the event was to basically utter the words, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> and it was just, it was the best. So, you know, th- not that not that I wished anything would go wrong uh, right. with our communication, but the fact that we got to actually be a part of Houston having a problem, it was just iconic. It was great.
3: awesome. Yeah, I remember, and I just remember finally saying, Louie, I can hear you, you know, because he was like... <laughs> And uh, he's like, oh, great. And then the crowd just went nuts. And the
1: room went bananas. It was so great. You you almost got as big a cheer as Carrie Underwood. Almost.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was was joking with Louie. I was like, yeah, I heard Carrie was there too. So we're going to have like a a special guest get together when I get back or what? (laughs) Right. Right.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. So what's next for you? What's, what's the next mission? Do you know yet?
3: Um, that's a great question. Um, you're on a need to know basis. yeah, no, these next few months, um, that I have kind of a time to step back and reevaluate maybe what we want to do next. Um, I've been able to do, um, all this incredible stuff really due to the the support of Robbie and my kids. And it may be time to step back and do something different and let them kind of be the lead. So we're, we're evaluating that over the next few months to see if, you know, what's it, what does that look like? Do I stay at NASA and do some management role or do we leave NASA and go do something completely different? So. I uh, appreciate your prayers as we kind of um, go through those kind of tough decisions in the next few months.
1: I saw you troubleshoot that wireless microphone last time you were in space. We got space for you. <laughs> you do? Sweet. Nice. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you'll like the pressure of having a pastor's microphone work, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I
1: could
3: do not Yeah, one. but I
0: don't, know of a, I don't know of a church production team anywhere that wouldn't be thrilled to have you. So um, <laughs> you've, you've always got a job if you need it.
3: Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks, well Shane. thanks
0: so much Shane it's been incredible and good luck with everything and we'll be praying for all those things.
3: Thanks guys really great joining you today thanks for having me on.
1: OMG did we just go to school with an astronaut?
2: <laughs> that was amazing. I I've never been starstruck starstruck that much but I was a little starstruck over Zoom. Yeah. Never- and it's funny because on Zoom, you guys
0: obviously couldn't see what we saw, but he's just a normal guy. Like, yeah, Shane's he's just-, just
1: a normal white dude
0: wearing a black yeah. T-shirt, like the three of us are right now.
1: <laughs> really, but he fit right what, in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what an amazing con- conversation. I mean, those insights about leadership were just terrific. Right. I did a
2: bunch of research before we did this because it's one of the. To be honest, it's one of the only times I've done research about a guest because you don't have a freaking astronaut on the podcast and not be prepared to ask them things. And I feel like we asked better questions than like the national news and other stuff he's been on. Because yeah, because you
0: you look at a YouTube of some of those interviews, and it's like, what's it like to look at the Earth from
2: above? (laughs) Right.
1: Also, if y'all don't follow Shane on Instagram, when he is in space, he posts these aerial views, and they're amazing. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you should follow him on the on the socials. He's he's a, he's a great poster. Yeah,
2: that's supporters. awesome. Yeah, I mean, the thing that struck me, and it's going to stick with me for a long time, is the humility piece and the camaraderie, the trust between team members. Like It yes. is super competitive. There are thousands of pilots all over the world that want that job, but for them to be vulnerable and say, hey, I didn't sleep well last night, watch my back, you could take that as... I can't tell anybody that I'm weak because I may lose my position.
1: Right, on a touring right. perspective, like on, a, on our church teams too, but like on a touring perspective where you do not sleep great and like you are got rigging floating in the air and stuff, this is, it could be a game changer for certain teams if we had that level of vulnerability. But I think it would allow us to ask for help more because if, if someone said to me multiple times, hey, I'm not sleeping good, I would want to get into why you're not sleeping good at that point. Right. Right.
2: Right. And the fact that they work out two hours a day.
1: (laughs) We might need to change our health challenge. (laughs) 15 minutes hurt a little bit yesterday. so
0: They've got to be pretty elite to get there in the first place. But not just working out. Working out strapped to a floating treadmill. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, Can you imagine running on a treadmill and the whole thing is just kind of like, I, I don't even I can't even visualize a that. A
1: floating exercise bike to me feels very merry popinish in in, popin-ish <laughs> in space, just a floating bike. Or, or Wizard of Oz. E.T. Phone Home. Also
2: for sure I'm selling a few watches and I want to go buy a moon watch now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how about the how about the watch made from the Kazakhstan
0: space launch? Yeah, Like you just Running around picking up scrap metal <laughs> right. from Kazakhstan to make a watch face.
1: So we, I got a business model for you, Lee. We're just going to run out in the desert. We're going to pick up some just the sh- that fell off a plane, and then we're just going <laughs> to sell it. I wonder if he had to buy his back from this plane.
2: Okay, what if we did this? What if we get old parts from an Avid Profile, a Yamaha DM2000, a Digico D5?
1: I don't want to see a DM2000 ever again in my life. Infuriating. <laughs> well, let's console. make
2: watches out of old consoles.
1: That'd be awesome.
2: Well, a May one,
1: <laughs> uh, a PM four thousand, H three thousand.
2: We have talked about turning like a profile or something old into a coffee table,
1: greatest uh, greatest work surface there is.
2: We're doing that. It just I can't see in my head how that doesn't look awkward. Like, is it just a piece of glass you put on the top?
1: Yeah, you and the consoles in between yeah. two sheets of glass. Yeah, is it. that cool? I don't know. Oh yeah. one way to find out. I don't know if the three of us need to be deciding uh, uh, interior design things either.
2: Well, no, that's true. We did hire a great one, though.
1: You know, there'll be a bunch of beanbags. looking like a frat house. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was awesome. What a special... What uh, His posture in general is humble. He is a leader, clearly, not uh, just on paper, but... And him talking about the Rush. Could you tell I want to talk about the current Russian crisis? Yeah. But I, I couldn't oh, yeah. not bring it up, but then I I'm had glad to. he laughed. Yeah, he yeah. But uh and then to be the only American with two Russians out in space, how's he know they're not coming for him? I've seen all these movies. <laughs>
2: okay, so I didn't say it then because I didn't want to waste our time, but shout out to Soyo's microphones, who yes. Steven Ruda at micrentals.com offers. So Right before Andrew Stone passed away, he got hot on these Soyuz microphones and switched out his drum mics, his overheads to those, and was raving about them to us, but we never talked about it publicly. So maybe now's the time. This is a great episode to go to MikeRentals.com and use code MXU15 at checkout to rent some Soyuz microphones.
1: What's your favorite microphone? I'm sure it's like a $20,000 bottom snare mic, but.
2: I've never used it. so I don't know, but it's probably on there. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll go to the website and look real quick.
1: Um, Jeff, I, I love how you had to tell him you were, you were, the Houston ha- had a problem. I know We've I had, had to, problem.
2: because it's such a great
0: story. It's like, and the, the cool thing about that moment was that he's just sitting there. Like he's just waiting, waiting, waiting. And he's like. Louie, I can hear you. I mean, it was just like, it just started working and everybody just went nuts. It was so awesome. Rusty was video directing and it was, it was a special moment.
2: Okay. There's three different microphones. There's a a stereo pair of pencil condensers. And then there's two large diaphragm or medium diaphragm microphones on there. They're not cheap. hundred bucks for three days rental, but apparently they're awesome that's for two for two mics
1: oh that's
2: That's cool yeah go check them out
1: also i forgot to i forgot to say thank you to steven Aruda for what steven Aruda brought me a luggage like a carry-on when he came to passion this year yeah he he knows i love the mike and ike's the original green box he literally brought a 22 inch carry-on full of mike and ike's for me what a guy if anyone from mike and ike is listening can you give the man a deal because i think he just orders them on amazon
2: no joke. Or from the $1.25 store. Do you know it's not a dollar store anymore? It's now dollar 25 you You're kidding. Nope. Inflation's crazy, guys. It's but their, their
1: whole name of marketing plan is dollar store. I know. I don't know what's truth anymore.
2: I don't either. Don't get me started. I <laughs> am on social media too much right now. Do not get any of us started on that one.
0: Well, boys, this has been great. I can't wait for the next one. Cause it's going to be a good one, too. So it hey, is.
1: I'm really, really proud of everyone that's doing the 75-day challenge. Reach out if you need help. Me, too. As you, as yeah, we get reach going. out.
0: Keep posting. Uh, sweet Pete, love you, man. Keep it up. It's going to be awesome.